Our second scripture reading today comes from Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 through 35. Hear now the word of our Lord. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and spoke to him. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commandments that the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he'd been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put back the veil over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't know if any of you have ever noticed. Probably not, because you'd have to be looking pretty close to see it, but I actually have a scar over my right eye. It's pretty small. It's very subtle. I like to think that it adds character, but in truth, it's too hard to notice to really add any kind of character. And I wish that I could say that there was an interesting story behind it. But in truth, much like the scar, it's not particularly uh, memorable. In truth, I got this scar over my eye because I was three years old, and I was with my family out at our ranch, and we had this dog. His name was Leroy. Great dog. Friendly. Loving. Never hurt a fly. And for whatever reason, on this one morning, I decided that it would be a great time, as we were sitting on the porch, to start poking the dog with a stick. Now, like I said, I was about three years old, so I probably didn't exactly know what was going on. But after a few firm jabs, Leroy bared his teeth and turned around. He didn't snap he didn't lunge or anything like that. He just growled, probably because he wanted me to stop prodding him. But what that dog didn't know was that I was a little bit closer than he would have expected. And so as he turned around and as he growled, one of his teeth caught me over my eye. And thus, a scar that has persisted for 23 years and will probably stay there for the rest of my life. It's funny, we bear the marks of our experiences. When we think about that, so many of us think about these mundane sorts of stories about how we got scars. I tripped on a tennis court once, got another scar. I overturned in a tube on a river once, got another one. These aren't particularly interesting stories, and yet I still have the marks from those experiences. Quick and simple as they may have been, they made an impact. 
And I bet you have scars. I bet you have marks from things that you've done. Maybe a dumb decision that you made when you were a teenager. Maybe an unfortunate accident from a little bit later. Or maybe you, like I did, once poked a dog with a stick one too many times. But regardless of how they got there, each of us bears the marks of our experiences. They might come in the form of scars which reveal these traumas. Or they may come as wrinkles which reveal wisdom and experience. They might come in the form of the glimmer in the eye of someone who's deeply and newly in love. Or they may come as the burdened shoulders of someone who's been disappointed. Or the skip in the step of someone who's excited. We show these marks, physical or otherwise, based on the things that have happened or are happening to us. This is especially true right now as we're living in the midst of a major disruption. There's no denying that this is not something any of us would have expected. I remember back in December, all of these go-getters were talking about having 2020 vision about making this new year something truly memorable. And it will be memorable, but I don't think this is what any of us were expecting as we were making plans. This year, to this point, has disrupted the ex expectations that we have. It's disrupted our businesses. It's disrupted our relationships. It's kept us away from friends and kept us closer to some people than we ever really expected to be. It's put strain in some parts of our lives and brought out new joys in others. But one thing we cannot deny is that our community as a whole is different right now than it was even just a few months ago. And hear me when I say this, we will bear the mark of this experience. Things will be different as we go forward. We will always be people who experienced this. The mark that we bear after this though isn't yet set in stone. It's going to be determined by how we handle this experience. We always talk about the fact that we are remembered for how we handle challenging circumstances. Well, friends, this is a challenging circumstance. This has been a highly unusual and challenging and difficult time for so many people. And the way that we handle that stress, the way that we handle this unexpected situation is something that is going to define how we're seen going forward. We know as Christians that God is always with us. This is what we've been talking about for several weeks now. 
We believe that God is present, that God being present was so important to him that he was born as the person of Jesus Christ so that he could walk with us in the flesh. And even in the days since he returned to heaven, since he ascended to the right hand of God the Father, we know that God's presence is still here, that the Lord is still with us, and that Jesus is still Lord. And so, by extension, every moment, every circumstance, every situation is an opportunity to experience God in a unique and particular kind of way. Because there's no situation in which God is not present and cannot be experienced. And so, we find ourselves in this story of Moses as he's returning yet again from Mount Sinai. But before we can really dive into this part of Moses' story, we have to take a few steps back and remember what has been happening just before. Now, you may have heard this story. You may know what Moses encountered the first time he returned from Mount Sinai. But if not, then you're going to hear it right now. And even if you have, I would invite you to come with fresh ears because it's easy for us to miss the things that are present in Scripture just because we think we know the stories. So let's take a step back from Moses and his radiant face. And remember that before this, Moses was actually recovering from a major betrayal from his people. You see, Moses had gone up on the mountain to speak with God, and God had told him, I will craft for you two tablets, and I will write for you on those tablets my law for your people, and it will be a covenant that we shall keep with each other. This is a good and joyful thing, but just down the mountain while Moses was gone, as the people knew that he'd climbed, as the people knew that he was speaking with God, they said, Man, Moses has been gone for an awful long time. Aaron, the brother of Moses and the priest to the people, said, Well, yeah, he's up on the mountain. And they said, Well, but he's been gone a while. And I know that he's supposed to be talking with God, but wouldn't it be great if we had some uh, gods with us here right now? How about this, Aaron? How about you craft for us an idol. And so Aaron said, okay, give me all of your jewelry, and I'll melt it down, and I'll make you an idol. And so the people did, and he crafted for them a golden calf. And they worshipped it. And on the very day that Moses was coming down the mountain with the tablets that God had given him in hand, the people were setting up and making preparations to dance and celebrate not the gift that God had given them, but to celebrate the fiction that they had created for themselves. 
It was a dark day for the people of Israel. And when Moses got back, he was so exasperated and so angry with the short-sightedness of his brothers, of his friends and his neighbors, that he threw down the tablets that God had given him and broke them. The covenant already broken in more ways than just one. And then the people were punished first by Moses who made them uh, destroy the idol. And then he ground it up into a powder and threw it into the water and made the people drink it. And then by God, who allowed plagues to come into the people of Israel so that they had to suffer because they had removed themselves from his presence. And Moses, this holy man who had just come back from spending time with God, was left with a choice. He could have remained in that place of anger, in that darkness, in that uncertainty. Or he could try and find another way. He had to choose how to handle this terrible experience, something that he, no doubt, would never have expected when he was standing in the presence of the Lord. And there were two potential paths that he could go down. He could give up on the whole mess and leave, cynical. And I doubt any of us would fault him for that. In fact, I think that's probably what most of us would be prone to do. Is to say, we have walked so far under the protection of the Lord. He brought us out of Egypt delivered us from slavery, parted a sea for us, and has sustained us as we walked in the desert, and you turn your back on him right away? Well, I'm turning my back on you now. I can't do this anymore. Nobody could. And just walk off into the desert. I don't think any of us would be particularly surprised if that was the option that Moses chose. But there was another one that was available. There was another choice that he could make and that was to go back up the mountain to return to God and to try and find a way forward friends we too have to respond we have to choose how to respond to bad situations we find ourselves Sometimes in the middle of these immediate stressors. Perhaps it's some kind of loss. Maybe you're dealing with the death of a relative or a loved one or a friend. Or maybe you've lost a job. Maybe an opportunity that you were expecting has suddenly fallen through. Maybe the future that you'd envisioned for yourself is not going to be as possible as you thought. Or maybe it's something like an illness 
call with some bad news. Maybe it's the breakdown of relationships. Maybe that old friend doesn't call you back anymore. Or maybe it seems like your marriage is failing and you have nowhere to turn. Or maybe that immediate problem looks more like a relapse, a return to something that you thought you had finished, that you thought you were done with and had left in the past, but suddenly it's not so far in the past anymore. And there are other times that we find ourselves in bad situations that are a little bit more broad. Things like the political and cultural division that define our generation. The things that drive us further from each other with every passing day. The hostility that you hear every time you turn on the news or go online. Maybe it looks like large-scale tragedy the news that rocks our communities, our nation, and our world. Maybe it looks like the problem of isolation. Did you know that people right now are reporting levels of loneliness that are unprecedented through history? We're so connected and yet so isolated. Or maybe it even looks like a pandemic. Regardless of how broad or how narrow the situation, regardless of how specific or general it might be, we are always faced with these same two options that Moses found himself considering. We can either cut our losses and start looking for a way out or we can begin to think about climbing that mountain once again and returning to God and seeing what tomorrow might look like. With that first option, you'll quickly find a bad future. Because if you try to run from your problems, if you try to escape into tomorrow, then what you'll find are just new ones wherever you end up. Because as it turns out, people will still be people no matter where you go, with the same faults and the same problems and the same tendencies. You can't escape human nature and no amount of distance can uh, escape the entropy that breaks down our world with every passing moment. And if you choose to try and run, you'll soon enough find yourself with new problems to try and escape from, running again, and then running again, and always moving, always trying to escape, and never quite being able to get away. And all that you'll be left with is this mark that is a cynical and hardened heart. Or you can take the second path. You can do what Moses did and fight the urge to lean on your own strength, on your own understanding, and instead lean on God. You can find yourself falling short 
And rather than trying to run away, you can choose to run towards something better. And that's where we find ourselves in Scripture, is that Moses has climbed back up the mountain. He's returned to the Lord. He's expressed that now is not the time to cut his losses. That the people of Israel are not worth giving up on. But that they are still the chosen people of God. Who've been delivered. And who've been loved. And so, in the presence of God, Moses remembers that he needs to go back. But he doesn't just go back. Because after he goes to the Lord and spends time with him again, God tells him, okay, this time you make the tablets. But I'll still write on them. And so he does and receives this new message. God renews the gift that he'd originally given the gift that Moses had broken in his anger. And, Mo and God restored the covenant. He gave Moses a new copy of the law, something to bring back to the people of Israel, something to remind them that no matter how far they'd run, and they had already shown that they would run as far as they could, that God was always ready to embrace them when they returned. And so Moses brought the covenant back to the people. But God gave him something else as well. God gave him a mark. He made him radiant with the Lord's blessing. Friends, when we find ourselves burdened by the trials of life, however large or small, however broad or narrow they may be, we find ourselves with a chance to shine with the Lord's light. You know this to be true. Every opportunity is an opportunity to experience the grace of God. Every moment is a chance to come to know God better, but also every moment is a chance to shine that light back into the world. Jesus told us to go as a city on the hill, shining a light that illuminates everything around us. Friends, this is no time to abandon the fight just because things are getting hard. This is no time to abandon the people that God has called us to serve and has called us to love. This is no time to abandon our faith, to cut our losses and run into the wilderness where we'll die alone and cynical and with a hardened heart. Instead, this is a time to return to God because if you return to God, then you'll find new meaning in these challenges. You'll find new opportunities for faith. So then the question is, what does it look like to return to God? 
Well, first, it looks like humbling yourselves. It looks like admitting, I have fallen short. Like Moses, I have broken the covenant. And my only way forward is to go back to God. And then it looks like prayer and studying, searching the scriptures, learning the truth about God. Because it's in those ways that we can spend time with him, just as Moses spent time with him on the mountaintop. It looks like repentance, like turning away from the mistakes and the sins of our past so that we can pursue the Lord in every new moment. And then it looks like coming back down off the mountain and carrying the good news out to our neighbors as well, because that's what we are called to do. And if we can do those things, friends, if you can do those things, if you will just turn back to him, then you'll bear the mark, not of cynicism and hardness, you'll bear the mark of radiance and hope because you'll be shining with the light of Christ. So remember this, even in the worst of times, even in the hardest of situations, there is an opportunity to experience God. And if you will, then know that you'll bear his radiance. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for allowing us to come back time and time again. Lord, I pray that you would give us the strength to remember you in every bad situation. You would give us the courage to seek you when the world tries to draw our eyes elsewhere. That you would keep us on your path. You would guide us in your ways. You would give us wisdom and strength, not our own strength, but yours, to continue in the way of holiness. Lord, I pray that you would bless each of us today as we go out into a new week. Let us go in grace with your peace and your joy. And Lord, let us shine with your light to all who see us. I pray in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Friends, I would invite you once again to join with us in a time of song. And during this time, I want you to know that if God has placed any sort of call on your heart, if you feel the need to respond to the work that he's doing in your life, then this is a perfect opportunity to reach out. As I said, I am here right now. If you send a message either to the church or to my personal account, it doesn't matter. I'll be ready to respond. 
because there is nothing that we would like more than to walk alongside you as you walk by faith in the way that the Lord has prepared. If you stand in need of prayer this morning, reach out and we'll be happy and ready to pray with you today.